Normally, when we have missionaries, we try to have them here all day, but the Seymours are double, triple booked this weekend, and so they are going to be ministering down in La Paz this evening, so they couldn't stay with us this afternoon for the biggest reason is some little people need some naps. Sound familiar? Some of you big people want some naps too, I imagine. Well, if you take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 90, Psalm 90, thank you all for your birthday wishes. I am officially old. That's what I told my kids at the breakfast table this morning, because I'm 40. I'm officially old, and you can see they're still arguing. No, I was told, get this all you, get ready, brace yourself. I was told you're not old until you're in your 70s, 80s, or 90s. So some of you are old, um, but apparently I'm not old. <laughs> Life begins at 40. Well, we're going to turn, and some of you may know right where we're going, as I, I mentioned Psalm 90. This is one of those songs, not written by David, written, in fact, by Moses, written by Moses. And um, these past few weeks, I've been meditating and thinking a lot about time. I reached two milestones in October and November of 2023. One is my 40th birthday. The other is being married to the most wonderful person in the world for 15 years. It's a special time in each fall for us because we kind of start celebrating on our anniversary, October 25th, and we just kind of sort of keep on celebrating through my birthday on November 12th. So kind of reminiscent of our honeymoon. Not quite, but um, we kind of extend it right, kind of right through. And um, so these past few weeks, I've been thinking about some milestones. And here I reach two of them. 15 years of marriage and 40 years of life on this earth. This past week, my wife and I took a bit of time to get away to have some R&R, and we were working one of our projects, because you know, when you go away, you've got projects to do. And um, one of them is our Thanksgiving newsletter. And uh, last year, we never got that done. So this year, we're working on it. And um, I told my wife, we're going to put a little sermonette at the introduction of our newsletter from Psalm 90. So you guys are going to get the little sermonette that might make it into our newsletter because my wife threatened to take it out. Psalm 90 says, we spend our years as a tale that is told. Then a few verses later, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the life you have given to us. Lord Jesus, by you life, we have everlasting, and we give thanks to you for that. Be with me now as I open your word, as I share. Lord, I pray that indeed we might know how to apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us truly to number our days, I pray in your name. Amen. Today... I am 14,610 days old. If you wonder how hard it is to calculate that, not hard, just ask Siri. Real simple. 14,610 days old. Faith, would you like to know how old you are in days? Let's see, you're 5,197 days. Lord, teach us 
to number our days. I'm 40. God gave my grandma Walter 33,478 days. That's 91 years. That's long, but that's short. In fact, her days are still going. The Lord gave my dad 27,314 days. Just, and I say just, 74 years. I say just because it kind of hurts. But yet, when I read Psalm 90, it doesn't. Some of the milestones of 2023 is that just this January, my grandma flew away to heaven. In August, my dad flew away. Now I celebrate my 40th birthday, over halfway of the years, the days that God gave to my father. And we celebrate 15 years of marriage. Some special milestones, some special reminders to number our days. That prayer it comes here from Psalm 90, which I told you before is from Moses. He wrote it. You see it there in verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Do you know what's most important as we pray this prayer? Is to look back at the beginning of this song. You see... My perspective, oh, Brother Seymour mentioned it here this morning. He <laughs> can't fathom eternity. Neither can I. Never having a beginning. I can imagine a beginning, 1983. I can imagine a beginning. That's my beginning. I have a hard time imagining, but it's a little easier for me to imagine eternity future. But for me, it's nigh impossible to imagine anything eternity past. The I am, the one who is, the self-existent one from eternity to eternity. There is no beginning. There is no end incomprehensible. You realize that is the first truth that I and each one of us need to know and understand as we number our days. Look at the beginning of the psalm. Moses doesn't begin with us in our limited days. He begins with God. Do you see it? The prayer, verse 1, Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. You see, this declaration was true in the days of Moses. Why? It was true in the days of Adam and Eve. It was true in the days of David. It was true in the days of Daniel. It was true in the days of my grandfather, in the days of my father. It's true in my days, and it's true in the days of my children. And if the Lord tarries my grandchildren, it's true. God is a dwelling place in all generations. I think that's interesting. You see, it's not just declared that he is from all generations. He is a dwelling place. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, and there's a lot of them, I know. It, but John chapter 15 when Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he cries out for us to abide in him as he abides in us. 
You see, throughout all dispensations, throughout all ages, God has longed to dwell with his people. Do we dwell in him? I'm so thankful that I have a grandfather, a father, who dwelt in the dwelling place of the Lord. You see, if we're going to number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom, it all makes a difference where we live. And I'm not talking about South Bend or Fairhaven or wherever you live, Osceola, Alcart, wherever. Do you live in the one who is eternal? Is he your dwelling place? You see, one of the hardest things with the passing of my dad is that it hasn't really completely registered that he's gone. Every time I preach and he's not here, totally subconsciously when I walk into my office after preaching, I walk over and pick up my phone to see what my dad had to say. Because every time he wasn't here, he was watching live stream, and by the time it took me to get to the office, he'd already sent a critique of what I preached. I still pick up my phone, subconsciously expecting to see what he wrote. So many times I have an idea or a question, I think, I need to talk to Dad about this. And in my mind, I literally like, well, he'll, he'll be back next month. You know, I, I'm, I'm subconsciously like, he must be in Florida. That's my mind. And I've begun to catch myself in this. Another precious scripture to me this year has been Psalm 31, where it says that he holds our times in his hand. Remember last week we learned about being under his hand? Psalm 31 says that our times are in his hand. My dad's times was in his hand. But you know one of the reasons why I think I keep thinking, well, I need to talk to dad about that, is because one day I will talk to dad again. One day I will, sooner or later. And I believe that that hope rests in me subconsciously that I can continue on hoping, hoping in the one who's dwelling in the Lord. You see, right now, my dad is dwelling in the eternal one. And so am I. And so are you, if you are a Christian. What a privilege that is. What a comfort that is. God, the Lord, has been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse 2 declares his eternal past. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Isn't that wonderful? And he is our dwelling place if we rest in him. You may remember when I preached my grandma's funeral back in January and told you about the presentation page in her Bible. You know, she took the Bible and she presented it and it said, presented to Barbara Walter by myself. I still think that's funny. She presented her Bible to herself. And she write, wrote on that title page, Jesus and 
Jesus is mine and I am his. You see, she was, she was preaching to herself the truth of Psalm 90, verse 1. And that wasn't just true in this earthly life. Imagine how more real that is today. The song, I am his and he is mine, looked up the history and there's, there's not a lot known about the man who wrote that beautiful song other than the fact that in his late 30s, he got deathly ill, resigned from the church he was the pastor of, wrote that song, and died before his 40th birthday. That's about all we know of the man who wrote that beautiful hymn, I am his and he is mine. You see, even for him, his times were in God's hands, the one who is eternal. Eternal. Verse 9 of Psalm 90 says at the end, we spend our years as a tale that is told. It's kind of interesting as I've been thinking about that. My life's pretty boring. There's another scripture that speaks of forgetting a man because he's dead. You ever walked through a cemetery and had a, no clue who most of the people were? They're gone. But yet, they live their lives as a tale that is told. And I ask myself this question as I meditate on me being old for a change, being 40. What is the tale that I am living? What's the tale that I am living? Am I first living in the one who is the dwelling place of all generations? Do I know the one who is from everlasting to everlasting? Will the life that I live be forgotten as a dead man in the grave? I don't need to be famous. Boy, I was so embarrassed when I walked downstairs and saw my picture over on that table. Thank you for the one who took it off the table. I don't need my story to be told. In fact, I told my wife, and I'll tell all of you, when my funeral is told, don't tell my story. Tell his story. Tell Jesus' story, because really my life is nothing special. My life has only value, because Jesus is my life, and he loves me. He loves you too. So will we live in him? What's the tale that would be told of our lives? I asked myself that question this week as in the night watches I couldn't sleep. And they opened my Bible to Psalm 31 and began to read. Not for any particular reason. It was just what I was coming to read. And I read that phrase of his time. Our times are in his hand. 
And I began to think of this phrase, the tale, as one tale that is told. What would be the tale told of my week this week? Would it be a tale of one filled with wisdom? Would it be a tale of one filled with idleness? Would it be a tale of one filled with diligence? What would be the tale that, if honestly told, would be told? Think about it for yourself and ask yourself that question. If your life were to be replayed here this afternoon as a tale to be told, what tale would it be? Would it be a tale of a life lived in foolishness or in wisdom? We learn from a young age the verse in Ephesians the verse in Ephesians that says, walk as wise, walk as wise, redeeming the times, for the days are evil. Is the tale that would be told as a tale of redeeming the time, of buying it back, or would it be a tale of foolish squandering? So important for us to pray and not just to pray, but to live this prayer in Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Some of you are curious. You spotted this little clock over here, didn't you? Some of you can't see that it's a clock because of your angle. In my life, I have three clocks that need wound. Thank goodness they're seven-day clocks and not 24-hour clocks. I love my winding clocks. You know why? Because it's a special time for each one to take just a few moments to stop and to wind them. Now, some of you might be thinking, what a waste of life. Get yourself a clock that doesn't need wound. That's why I got a watch that doesn't need wound and doesn't even need batteries. But why do I still like the winding clock? Because it's a reminder to me to pray this prayer and to seek to apply it. Each time, once a week for each of my three clocks, I wind them. That's how I have to keep them going. And I pray that prayer. Lord, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. And I think as I wind this clock, not just about winding the clock, but I take that moment to actually pray and to think, what is the tale that would be told of my life? Would it be a tale of wisdom or would it be a tale of foolishness? You know another reason why I like the clocks that need wound? I know it doesn't make sense. See, this is why I got to keep this one. It doesn't need to be wound, and it doesn't have a battery. It gets solar light. I need this, and oh, I got that phone, but I don't carry my phone on Sunday, so that's why you really need this. You know why? It's because, you see, this clock depends upon my faithfulness. Yes, yes, it depends upon the strings and the pendulum swinging, but the running of this clock is dependent upon 
my faithfulness. And you know how reliable I am? Well, not very. Because you know how many times these clocks I find dead? And at the wrong time? Some of you have been in my office where this clock hangs. And you look at the clock. (laughs) It's not running. That shows how faithful I am. I forget. Get out of sync. Forget to wind it. You know what it also reminds me of? Is how weak I am, but how faithful God is. Thank you, Lydia, for that song this morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I've told this to you before, and I will never stop till the day I die to marvel and to wonder at the faithfulness of God regarding the sunrise and the sunset at the particular time predicted. Man can predict it for hundreds of years. I don't even know, probably thousands of years. I think it's so dependable. The precise time that the sun comes over the horizon. God is always faithful. His clock never runs dead (laughs) because he's always faithful. So even when these stop and this clock ceases to run, it's a reminder to me of how weak and frail and forgetful and out of routine I can be, but how faithful my God is. And so yet I have another prayer to pray when I wind that clock. Thank you, God, that you are faithful every single day. Now, I'm not telling you to go get a winding clock. This would drive some people wild. The chore of it. But I am pleading with you to find a time daily, once a week, to stop. To number your days. No, you don't have to ask Siri how how many days old you are or anything like that. But to think See, the whole point is, this is a big modern Gen Z millennial term. Have you heard it? Be intentional. Does that sound millennial? Be intentional. It's not a bad term. It's actually a good thing. Are we intentional about our days and about seeking God in everything that we do? Are our days filled with wisdom or are they filled with foolishness? What would be the tale that would be told? Back to that question about being old. You know, there's some important truth here. You know, I bemoan somewhat the fact that my dad was young. He died at 74. But that's not actually a very reliable fact. There's an important truth taught to us about life here in Psalm 90. It says in verse 10, The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That's 70. Huh. My dad lived to 74. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, 80 years. Huh. Both my grandma and grandpa Walter lived into their 90s. Over a decade beyond the reason of strength said here to be given. But look what it says here. Yet are, is there the years, strength, labor, 
and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Hmm. Seventy years is a life expectancy, and if by reason of strength, eighty. Even my dad made it into the by years by reason of strength. I think it's a good exercise for us to take a piece of paper, if you have one, do this, and draw a line. You all know how to draw a line? Draw a line from left to right. On the right side of this line, put an arrow. On the left side of this line, put a circle or a star or something. See, the circle on this side of the page represents my birth. That's when I was born. I should clarify, if you're going to put an arrow at the end, you can only do that if you're a Christian. Everlasting life comes when we're a Christian. But just imagine for a moment that this arrow is the point of 70, or, well, maybe you think you're young, healthy, and strong. Make it 80. Where would today be on that mark? You know, for some of you, don't be afraid. It's over here, on the other end of the arrow. Thank God. I'm 40. If by reason of strength, 80. You know where that puts me? In the world's terminology, over the hill. Right in the middle. If by reason of strength, 80. But you know what? Not even tomorrow is guaranteed. I could put my line there, and I could not be guaranteed even the rest of this day, my 40th birthday. Do I live? Do you live? Do we live? In light of eternity, knowing that our times are in God's hands, yes, there was a limit here on life. Moses was 120 years old when he died. There was a change in his days. You see, we were all expected in the beginning, mankind, to live forever. <laughs> so when you die at 100, you're but as a child. That's a scripture, by the way. When you die but at 100, you're but a child. All the more reason for us to recognize that the days of man are counted to 70 years, and if by reason of strength, 80. And in spite of the sorrow and the labor... Know that they'll be cut off and we'll fly away. Will we fly away to heaven? Or will we be to everlasting destruction, the second death, judgment? So that's the first thing is, if this afternoon you don't know Jesus and he isn't your life, believe in Jesus. He died and rose again so you could have life. And if this afternoon you have life, number your days. Apply your heart to wisdom. Beware of foolishness. Walk circumspectly. Walk in the Spirit, God's way. Not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, but bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit so that when the tale of your life is told, it's not a tale of foolishness, but a tale of Christ's life. Christ living in you. Is that the tale that would be told? I hope for me it is. And I know for many of you, that too is your desire. So let us behold our everlasting God. Let us dwell in Him. Let us walk in Him. Redeeming the time. Buying it back. 
grasping every moment of it, for the days are evil. They may be filled with labor and sorrow. They shall soon be cut off. So we pray, Lord Jesus, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our life, that our life is hid in you, that we can dwell in you, the one who is to every generation, from eternity to eternity, God. Help us, help us to see life as you see it. Help us to live, as we've been reminded today, to allow your love to make us crazy, crazy about you, about your ways, to love the things and the people that you love. Help us to be such a people. Change us. Change us to be more like your dear son. Compel us to be the ambassador, to be the one who has a job here on this earth in this time, to reach our world for you. We need you every hour, and we commit ourselves to you in this day. We pray in your name. Amen.